the Born to Be Mild podcast. Well, everybody, we made it. And not a moment too soon. I think every single person in this country, except for maybe the ad makers, is ready for this little election to be over. And tomorrow, barring some kind of crazy, crazy recount, will finally be that day. Many of the questions will be answered when the dust settles. Now, depending on where you stand in the political spectrum, those questions mean different things. If you're someone on the right, those questions mean you're ready to finally get this silly little socialistic challenge to the notion of the nationalistic agenda that was set forth, uh, you know, four years prior the hell out of the way. And a win for Donald Trump would put to rest basically any challenge to the notion that the separatist, law and order, often cruel tone in which the president chooses to handle his business is somehow not reflective of the will of the people. This time, even amid a pandemic, the win will be no fluke. It will be a mandate that Trumpism is a dominant strain of thought in our country and it's here to stay. On the other hand, if the polling holds correct and if Biden wins the presidency, even more importantly, if the Democrats take back the Senate as well, this election will indeed feel like a referendum on Trumpism writ large. And for those in the center and on the left, this show's host being counted among them, it will feel as though the forces of decency and reason have coalesced to defeat the insurgency of intolerance. And this is not hyperbole in the least. Donald Trump has tried to paint a picture of what Joe Biden's America will look like if he won the election, yet nothing seems scarier than Donald Trump's um, reality that we're already experiencing. I've had such a great time making this show since I started putting it out the first of the year. I certainly hope that the conversations that I've had here with you guys have been engaging, enlightening, hopefully entertaining, because having them has benefited me greatly as well. This show has become the place where I can talk through and process so many of the important events that I'm seeing out there in the world. I get to bring them back here, dissect them, absorb them, think them through on the mic with you fine folks. For that, I am eternally grateful. And while Born to be Mild will continue in the future, it probably won't continue with the same regularity and vigor that it has been, you know, heretofore. Catharsis has been achieved. Now it's time to let the chips fall where they may. So win, lose, or God forbid draw, it has been breathtaking to be part of this year in human history. That's basically the only way I can put it. It has been, like, in a very strange way, equally confounding and perplexing and it ha as it has been revelatory and enlightening. And I think a lot of you guys would agree with me on that. Most of the time, the best way we can hope to fix a situation is to understand all that is wrong with it in the first place. And we kind of know in so many ways of how eight years of Obama convinced us that we were possibly living in this post-racial society. But it didn't take us very many of the next four years to understand that we weren't. There were a lot of things about America that we either didn't know about ourselves or we were too prideful to accept or to shine a light on. But Trump changed all of that. And while a Biden victory would be a step towards tackling many of those wrongs in a progressive direction, no matter who wins, you're going to look out your window a year from now and realize that your fellow countrymen on the other side will still be there. So, what I hope is for most people to have a renewed commitment to establishing common facts, finding common ground based out of those facts, and, you know, 
it might be a long shot, but it's literally the only chance we have for the American experiment to succeed long term. Today, we have a very relaxed episode for you guys. It's just me, my wife, Brittany, and my friend John, who you've heard on the podcast before. He is the guy who, a friend of mine who is an employee for Goodyear and didn't like when the president made his comments a couple months back. So we spent the whole show basically decompressing and uh, talking about whatever was on our mind in the run-up to Election Day. So I hope you enjoy our little talk, and I hope that you and yours are safe and successful in your efforts to vote. It is the crux of our democracy. I know you guys know that, so I implore you all to take full advantage of it. Okay, settling in for a long winter's nap. We are getting cold and blustery outside but it is hot and heavy on these mics because we've got my wife, Brittany, formerly Houlihan, now Kabuno, right here. Nice to see you, babe. Good evening. And we also have my good friend, John Zetz, joining us from the Great Republic of Texas. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you. Uh, and we are just going to basically... Uh, go around the horn here and vent on all the topics du jour as we make it into this home stretch. It has been the wildest of roads and um, I can remember uh, about five years ago thinking to myself I really should get a podcast going because there is so much to talk about and uh, that was just when Trump was the specter of a candidate on the horizon and um, I have I thought about making a podcast every day since, and then a year ago, I finally did it. And so this past year has been has been awesome, and uh, it's been a hell of a time to start doing one because there has been so much to cover, and it feels like everybody in the whole world is more invested in politics at a national level than possibly they ever have been. Um, would you say that's true, John? Do you think everybody is more invested nationally, or I mean, like, are we? Am I just being short sighted, or? Yeah, and I, um, I think that the the numbers speak for themselves about the early turnout. Wow, and, yeah. Uh, Texas is one of the, if, if not the leader, it's one of the leading states for uh, early turnout. Um, we went on, I think it was last Thursday, and uh, we were in and out in five minutes. Like it wasn't busy at all at our location, but I, I'm just I'm just hearing that there's like like two million people or something that already voted. I thought I heard that more people have already voted in Texas early than voted in the entire election in 2016. I be- yeah, I, I, I believe it. It's some crazy number. I don't know what that's it is insane. off the top of my head, but yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and that and, I think the number for the country, like the record is like 150 million. That's like and, pretty much the entire eligible voting population. Well, we're looking at breaking it. So there's, I mean, these lines are insane. I can't wait to see what the numbers are going to be. Like, Brittany, what do you think? Do you think that, like, it has to do with the media? The fact that everybody is so focused uh, on the national prize? Or, I mean, maybe back in the day it was a real big thing because there was these celebrities from a far-off land or something coming to your town to, you know, campaign or I don't know. 
No, I feel like it's always been like the election always is exciting and people are invested for those few months. But the difference is that everyone's been invested for years. This was like <laughs> as soon as the announcement was made, you know, little uh, over three and a half years ago, everyone then started waiting for this election. That yeah, was yeah. devastated. People weren't campaigning for and against a candidate so immediately. I think you're absolutely right <laughs> you know, about that. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. like in in just absolutely historic fashion, he started his reelection campaign like the day after is the week after his inauguration. And mm-hmm. started started back up with rallies. Like <laughs> immediately. Like this is like all he does. Well, we're so much closer to this um, presidency because of Twitter as well. So this has been in our hands literally every day since he took office. It's never been like that with anyone else. No, it was never like this with with Obama. And I mean, it was was, here and there. There were a few things, but it wasn't multiple times a day. It was like publicity type stuff that was like, you know, holidays or, you know, cause (laughs) for raising kids cancer monies and, you know, um, not a whole lot of tweeting about, you know, wars and capturing people and starting um, like riots over things in different states. But also not spreading gossip that you heard in the bathroom stall either. So, like, what you would get from the Obama administration (laughs) would definitely be workshop to the nth degree, where, like, even if you were talking shit on a foreign country, it would at least sound professorial. (laughs) 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 Like, this guy, you know, like we say, he's firing him off right from the john, and it sounds like it based on, you know, however his bowels are feeling at the time, whether or not he's using all caps. Well, he's, he's, he's still on my shit list, and um, I, I still have to make the disclaimer that the political views I express are mine. They don't represent the company that I work for necessarily, so I can get that out of the way. But uh, disclaimer I, I, made, I was thinking about this when I, when I went in to vote, and okay, I'm a principled guy. I think I am anyways. I, I make good judgment calls. I use reason. Uh, I, I want to keep... A, a lot of uh, social issues and religious issues, topics just completely separate from government. They're two different things. And I have a, a good woman next to me who's leader in the community. We can't go anywhere in town without her getting recognized. And, but wait a minute, I would make a good president. I, yeah, I could just vote for myself, right? And, and you go in and, and I, I don't know if it's like this elsewhere. This is the first time I've ever done this. You go in and there's a... Uh, a button for writing. There's all the there's there's Trump, Biden, uh, the libertarians, and then like a couple of no namers I never heard of, and then writing candidates. So when you when you click that button, I think you just like you know sign your name and be done with it. No, there's like all this shit you have to do. There, you, it's like you have, you have to you have to register with the the states, and then it's thousands of dollars, and then you need 38 electors, and like like anybody can be an elector, but you have to do that for all other 49 states to get on a national ballot. It's like, I don't, I don't have mm-hmm. a pack. Like, it was time for that. And so, <laughs> so you click on a button, it's just a bunch of dicks. It's like, there's like 10 people, like Frank Frapackle, you know, like just some randos. These are the guys who went through the steps, man. They did the homework. They knew what it took. They were in your position a couple elections ago, and they finally made it through, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, they they made it happen. They're like, God damn it, I'm going to be on here. <laughs> and I'm going to tell my 10 friends, and they're going to tell their 10 friends, and 
and I'm going to get 100 votes. <laughs> yeah, so, so we leave, and we're just sitting in the truck. Nobody saying anything. And just look over, and like, I was like, well, that was a ripoff. <laughs> that wasn't nearly as glamorous as it could have been. Do you think that this is, like, the election of of a lifetime or the most important election ever? Because we've been calling these that for you know the last two decades at least or or, or more i don't know i'm not that old is, I, it, is it the most important that you can remember i don't i don't know because i what i was ultimately going to get at was that the during the obama years we saw we became a net exporter of both natural gas and crude like there were more wells that opened up during obama trump by contrast he's he's imposed a moratorium bush this big oil guy like he oversaw a, a, a price crisis but obama biden being in that white house like they're they're they're, they're paying lip service to the sierra club but i don't think ultimately i think people on my side of things their, their worries are just completely over exaggerated um i understand the concerns of the other side about former years of trump and it being a complete shit show but so I think for you, okay. this is not the most important election. Then I, I don't know what the what the benchmark so comparison far? is. Like, how many elections have you been able to vote in? Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, I guess the question is: Are you looking at it simply through the rubric of the industry, or just in terms of society in general? Uh, yeah, because that, that's a good question. Because I'm I'm almost I'm like on an island when it comes to these these highly focused topics, right? And it's, it's like, what affects me? Like, and, and there's, there's all kinds of social issues and implications with the Supreme Court that um, I can understand how it's the most important election for a lot of people. I'll, I'll, right. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's, that's about as good as you could put it, just because if, if, you know, you don't have a lot riding on some of these issues, then it might not seem as dire as it does to a lot of concerned parties. Right. Brittany, what do you think? Does it seem like the most? Does it seem the mostest? Like, what's different between now and the last election? Like, we, we, I guess because we've seen so much of what Trump actually can do with power, does it seem more ominous now? Because it was a nightmare, like, crying into the pillow scenario four years ago when he did win the election, right? Yeah. So... Is it scarier now? Well, I think... <clears throat> well, yeah, it's scarier now versus, like, four years ago. It's way scarier now. We, we've we seen what it can do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary knowing that you can have a wildfire. It's way scarier after you've seen what they can do. You know, like, it was like a wildfire of immense power and lack of poise mixed with... No Spe- judgment at all. Speaking of wildfire, <laughs> yeah, you can see you can have a wildfire, and then you can see what happens when you have one, and nobody comes to help because you're in a blue state, and they want to politicize it. Right. I know. Right. I, it's I, I, monster things like that that make this a very important election. Like, I don't think we've had a president that you couldn't level with on some some degree. Like, and I'm a golfer. 
And you know what I mean? But I mean, like, he's just a notorious <laughs> cheat as well at the sport that I hold so dear. So, like, he loses on that front, too. Right. So, do you feel like it's the most important election that you've been. I mean, you're much older than me, so you've been able to vote <laughs> in more elections. I've been able to vote in exactly one more election than you, I think. So, yeah, I will let my wisdom speak its volumes. Um, no, but seriously, like, I believe that. Uh, Bush Bush Gore felt very important, but this one is uh, more of where the evidence is already in on a lot of these issues that we've been concerned about for so long. Chickens are coming home to roost on so many of these crucial issues, whether it be climate change or immigration or globalization or automation, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of the things that people have had concerns about for so long and you have to get some fairly bold action into place to combat. Those things are happening right now, and they used to only be a down-the-road concern. I find it's difficult for the two male counterparts on the podcast um, to say personally what they think for themselves. Because I asked you personally, because this is a whole conglomeration of people you've met and seen or things you've known to be true but like for you personally do you feel in your heart that this is the most important election oh god yeah because personally i'm i'm sitting here on the ground looking at the hate and the anger that are in my fellow countrymen's heart and to know that it can come to the surface and become part of the daily repertoire so quickly just in so many short years it has been unleashed and it's been unfurled and um it's been let loose to a point where there's so people are so emboldened with hateful feelings that this has to be nipped in the bud this like we have to steer back towards normalcy so can i ask a question to you and john yeah what do you got so do you believe say that this election goes blue do you believe that these people that have surfaced and shown their disgust for the fellow man and the way that they behave has become very much different than how it was four years ago? Do you think they're going to go and... Do they go away? Yeah, like, do they become a reclusive hatred or do they just keep showing it out as hard as they've been doing it for these last few years? John, I'll let you take that. Yeah, I, I think I think you'll you'll see that element there um, where it's it, it, it may double down. Uh, very very ashamed about what happened uh, outside of Boston the other day. Um, and if you haven't seen the news about it, there was a, a, a truck parade that potentially surrounded the, the Biden Harris bus and mm-hmm. um, it, it practically ran the thing off the road, right? And uh, Biden canceled all Texas events. Like, oh well, I don't know. But, but anyways, this is this isn't this isn't um, like BLM college kids shouting down this is not sidewalk restaurant patient. Like, like these guys will be lucky if the Secret Service doesn't go after them. All right, like this, and this isn't the state I know. Like, these, like, like people are welcoming. People are cool. People respect one another, and like that's that, that's going to be the top news story for the next week and it's just really sad and it, it happened in our neighborhood with halloween some of uh, some of our neighbors that had biden signs out in the front yard uh they they experienced uh, some level of verbal harassment from from parents like in front of kids and wow it, it's just unnecessary 
it's just it, there's there's no there's no room for the the bullying and the intimidation and if things go blue then it, i i want to be optimistic and say okay we live with it and maybe we'll get somewhere with climate change finally because i've, I've done a 180 on that topic um between the fires and i i'm, I'm on like Hurricane number 13 here in Texas and Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. No, but like seriously, um, speaking of the bullying and intimidation, I can't, I had to stop you there because we finally had it happen here at the homestead. Um, one of our dear, dear Biden flags was confiscated as well as the little trailer park flagpole that it was on. They just <laughs> took it all. They took it all at once. They took it in the dead of the night. And, uh, they took well, it they really showed you, malice. you know, like, like what the, who does that? <laughs> well, you, honestly, like somebody I think posted what, or Brittany showed it on Facebook and somebody said, I at least hope it was a, a teenager because who the hell, if you're a grown person is doing that. And I agree completely. Like you have to be deranged to go out and steal signs or flags <laughs> if you are over the age of, like, 22. Yeah, but I had a full adult, like, had to be in his 40s, uh, man, beep at me and our daughter Vivian. We were, you know, riding the bike up and down the driveway. I was pushing her, and uh, he beeped at us, and then he flipped us off. I think I said that, yeah, on last week's podcast, yeah. That's pretty messed I mean, up. Just, I'm sorry you had to experience that. It's insane, but, like, to think that people, I mean, it's tough to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, but you try, and so when you said the words, I'm going to have to, or people will have to just learn to live with it if it goes blue, I'm thinking to myself, my God, um, what a different take I have on that situation, because if I'm sitting there, I'm saying, thank goodness we're allowed to start getting back to normal but if it goes red, we can't just learn to live with it. We already tried, and now we're at full-scale red alert, where we would say, I don't think democracy survives if mm. red wins. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are saying that the exact opposite would be the case if Joe Biden wins, which is, it's, it's insane. Um, I, know that, I know that decorum matters a lot. And back when I found out that the stock market was essentially just consumer confidence writ large and, you know, being uh, billions of dollars being played with at a moment's notice and everyone can flee and, at a, you know, at the drop of a hat, that's, that's what made me understand that the presidency is so much more than just executive orders. It's like this guy is the leader of the head of the snake and as he goes so goes the nation in so many ways just in the smallest respects so it it's so much more than policy it's about his tenor and tone and substance and 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 character and he is so lacking that he has to go i don't see I, it's just amazing that people would sit there and think that he is good for this country in any way. Um, I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't see their outlook on the world. Well, people are either misinformed or, or scared about it. It's like the the thing with the fracking. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just that's that's not what he said. Like, and people are going with that that this is it's going to just destroy every part of every aspect of our life and but it's 
It's not. If anything, things might get better if, if a, a Biden energy policy contrasted or uh, uh, was similar to Obama's. And it, it, and there's no convincing anyone. That's the thing. You can't you, you can't have like okay, this is where I stand. This is where you stand, and let's find some middle ground. Uh, no, it's just there, there's no reasoning with people, and it's uh, one more point about the kids too. Is that there's 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 sixteen year old kids that are out stealing signs, but where are they getting that from? What do they know about capital gains tax increases? They're they're, they're hearing it at home. I mean, it's, <laughs> was it a twelve year kid out trick or treating, browbeating a, a Biden supporter? Like that's that's the most disturbing part about it. It's like that is. kid doesn't have anything at stake. He's he's, he's just hearing what, what he hears at the dinner table. Right. <laughs> I've had to do my own convincing to my nieces and nephews that have been swayed one way or another by whomever, grandparent, aunt, uncle, friend of family. And I'm like, you can't think like that. Let me go ahead and rewire your brain, put it back on the right track. <laughs> yeah. You are their liberal college professor. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, right. so, you know, maybe, maybe, this is this is insightful. You know, maybe, maybe it is the most important election when you factor in all the social issues and what you had said about the quorum and uh, how it just it all ties together. You know, I'm, I'm just in, in my job, everything is on paper and I'm like looking at numbers all day. And I have, I have like a couple of sports bars that I go to after work and that, like, that's my life, you know, like I, I don't. <laughs> all I don't right. So like did this. you not get out for Halloween? No, I was in, I was in the wood shop. I left out a bowl of candy. <laughs> like mm, I, all right. You, you left out a bowl of candy. Did you get a lot of takers? I did, yeah, and uh, you know, I waved to the neighbors, "Happy Halloween!" and "Thank you." And kids were sweet. Nobody was stealing signs out of my yard or anything. Uh, it, was, it was okay. It was just it was just a fun night. It was supposed to be a fun night, and uh, you know, I'm sorry that this, this happened to, to people. I'm sure, our neighborhood wasn't the only one. Did anybody have one of those candy shoots? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Like the lighting is kind of bad on my street. Like I, I didn't really get out too much. Um, possibly I didn't see photos or anything though. Those are pretty cool though. I think it's very a great idea. And uh, we'd have done it, but we just didn't believe in Halloween this year uh, as a city. No, as a city. <laughs> uh, Youngstown canceled trick or treating for the entire city, so we oh, couldn't wow. even do it if we wanted to. Okay. Damn commies. Well, we kept the day festive by uh, doing everything we do normally, uh, being late and last minute. So we <laughs> carved our pumpkins the morning of, and then we lit them for like 20 minutes, enough to take some pictures. But that's then... how you make sure they're not rotten for Halloween. They're fresh, freshly carved. <laughs> do you carve pumpkins, John? I have. I, I, I like to smash pumpkins more than carve them. All right, so you don't know where I live yet. We're going to keep it that way, at least around the holidays. Good gracious. We have five pumpkins on a table of gourds. You'd have a field day. Oh, yeah, the mini gourds. Very smashable. No, I heard it snowed today. Did you get snow? Rotten ones. What'd you say? Did you get snow flurries today? We do. We have uh, some what we would call conversational snow out on the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) We had hail. We had fucking hail earlier today. That was a sign that the Browns were going to lose, and they yeah. did. 
Um, no, uh, we are. It. I looked at the app right before we started the pod, and it was saying one to two inches. Yeah. And it didn't say that earlier in the day, so I guess the front switch, you know, shifted up a little bit, and we might be in for it. How about you? Well, like, how, how cold is it there? Uh, it's it actually kind of warm today. It was like in the mid seventies. Mid seventies. Wow, that sounds fan. And if he said he was cold, he would have been like, "Oh, it was like low fifties. Yeah, I could I, barely wear shorts. I used to live in Austin. I know it's not. Yeah, it's very. It's not real winter there. No fake there's like two days out of the entire year where it dips below freezing for about two hours between four and six a.m yeah and then the whole state shuts down for like yeah, four more hours down. just to make sure nobody slips and falls yeah pretty i always said that uh you know we, we get i think we're what, what are we on hurricane number 14 this year and uh standing in six inches of water but um damn it i'm not i'm not scraping ice yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, there are kids who probably had to walk through some hail for their Halloween up here in Ohio today. Um, that's all right. They they got it done. Or yesterday. There's probably some, some cool. There were trunk or treats today, too, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, we had a bunch of those. Yeah. Trunk or treats. That's good stuff. What do you think about Halloween music? Like... Typo negative? Like the Monster Mash? No. <laughs> I mean, like, the background music that they use it on, like, soundtracks for the day. Because they had it on at work the other day. <coughs> and I was, like, freaking out. I'm trying to, to, like, type these things up and print these things out. And it's just, like, chains rattling <laughs> and women screaming for their life. <laughs> Who plays that as like ambient sound in a business? Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a time and place for it. I don't think like nine to was... five business hours. And... Well, I'm sitting here saying to myself, "What asshole has this at home?" And just throws it on on a lazy afternoon and wants to hear dungeon noises. That's and shit. that's the white noise for sleeping. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, do either of you listen to Howard Stern? No, I do not know. Okay, um, big Howard Stern fan, and one of he's the, cool, uh, Baba Booey. Yeah, one of the uh, co-hosts, uh, Richard Christie. He he loves Halloween, and Halloween starts on October first, and sure carries through to Thanksgiving. And uh, to Thanksgiving, nice. That's what made me think of it. Is that uh, he he does just like like open up a book and sit in an armchair and put that music on and like like just listen yeah like women right, screaming right. and stuff so <laughs> soak it in <laughs> just really comforts him <laughs> the cha- and it is it's chains rattling and uh organ music i mean that's not the worst i'm cool with that but no monster mash is good i'm down with that i'm down with those I was like, it's a fun song. <laughs> we didn't even get to show Little Miss Vivian the Great Pumpkin, although I guess it is available 365 days a year. She doesn't pay attention to those slow-moving cartoons right now. No, it does. It has to, it has to be very quick and yeah. like more 3D. Yeah, she's a futuristic baby. Maybe we can get somebody to uh, convert it on Fiverr for five <laughs> bucks. Just make it look like uh, Avatar. Right. Um. All right, so 
let me get back to politics because we're gonna we're gonna do a couple more and then we're gonna bust out of here because uh I don't know I'm kind of scared. Uh, John, how are you gonna are you gonna watch? Are you gonna are you gonna like be glued to the TV come Tuesday I, night? I I don't know. I think uh, knowing that it probably isn't going to be done that night. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I think the last time I was on the show, we talked about that. Where I, I went to bed at eleven o'clock because I, I had to work late that day. I didn't even vote in the last election. Um, I went to bed at like eleven o'clock, pretty well convinced that Hillary Clinton was going to be president in the morning. You know, and uh, wow, uh, a bit of a surprise when I woke up. So um, to that point, yeah, I think that uh, just just. Prediction. This is just me. I mean, there's there's a little bit of science behind it. Just what I know about polling and, and the electoral system, um, I, I think that is going to be a very slim margin, like like fifty one forty nine Trump over Biden. However, I think it's going to get caught in the courts for like five months, and ultimately Biden will secure the additional uncounted ballots and it will not be a peaceful transition and that oh, that, that works. you're going you're going with uh i wouldn't say maximum carnage scenario but like definitely level b on the troublemakers scenarios because yeah, um I, you know so i think that uh trump right now it now, these are polling estimates that are accounting for the mistakes they made in 2016 and still have Biden up by substantial margins, even in the swing states. So the fact that you would be calling for a Trump victory, or at least a uh, slim Trump victory, means that um, it's not going to be anywhere near where they're predicting. So then you would be going to the recounts and... Um, that's where you're going to be looking at where he's going to be able to flex his power the most. I feel like it's going to be down to PA. Pennsylvania. It looks like it's Pennsylvania and Florida. They were saying that uh, whatever it is, it's like, all right, if Biden wins Pennsylvania, then he's got a 80% chance of winning the election because he only needs so many others. I, yeah, I completely agree. I was uh, watching the news earlier, and they were, they were in PA, and, and Brittany, that was, my, that was my exact thought. I was like, uh, PA in 2020 is going to be Florida, what Florida was in 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here comes the hanging chat all over again. And yeah, you've got your naked ballots already, so they've already disenfranchised possible 100,000 voters. It could be many, many more by the time we're done with it. So, Ron, that is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about what the next three months or so are going to look like. I'm really optimistic about 2021, especially with all this energy stuff. Uh, no, but like, so... I think that your scenario, luckily, is in the minority of possibilities. Uh-huh. That's that just is, me. I could be wrong about it. I mean, I'm taking solace in that fact. I'm sitting here telling myself that Biden is going to win by a comfortable enough margin and that if you can call Pennsylvania or Florida, if you can call Florida the night of, then then Trump essentially has no chance at it. And if you're able to sneak in places that have no business going to the Democrats, like Ohio and like Texas. Arizona's probably already in that camp. But if you if you keep decreasing the amount of possibilities 
towards 270 for Trump, then you're not going to look at a fight being possible for those remaining, you know, those remaining votes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I, I am hoping for a resounding turnout in one direction, obviously, so that we can put this thing to bed as soon as possible. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I am extremely scared because there are so many, so many places for litigation to occur that um, it could be down to the wire in over a dozen states. Republicans need to be careful about something, too. They need to be careful about uh, putting these restrictions on how late a mail-in ballot can be counted afterwards. And because it, it, it's, it's just orthodoxy is just assume that everybody who mails in a ballot is a Democrat. And that, that there's a possibility that that could be overstated. And Republicans pulling some happy horseshit with, with uh, the courts and putting these restrictions on, uh, that could hurt them. And I, I mean, you definitely could be suppressing your own vote just the same way that Trump telling you that mail-in ballot is fraudulent right now um, is not the smartest thing, especially in places like Florida where he did it himself, but he's telling you that it's not a good idea. And a lot of people do rely on that and have relied on it quite a bit in the past, uh, I think, three or four general elections. Yeah, right. So uh, from my understanding and what I've, I've read from uh, the experts on this topic is that instances of mail-in fraud is extremely low. Uh, if, if anything, oh, it's it like a be, thousandth of a percent. Yeah, right. It's extremely low. If there's going to be any any uh, funny business, it's going to be from a bureaucratic F up and not because of some deliberate a- attempt to sabotage an election, you know, and it, it, it's it, OK. Um, we can't have mail-in voting. We can't have mail-in voting. It's fraudulent. Well, like, what happens if it goes in your favor? <laughs> Is it yeah. all of a sudden not fraudulent? Well, actually, when the general election went in Trump's favor last time, it was still fraudulent. So, yeah, that's how it works. They're never satisfied, and that's how you, what you can do. You can always claim that it's fraudulent, and if you win, you just roll with it, and if you don't, you raise holy hell. Right. Right, and that, that latter point, I believe, is what's going to happen in, in your scenario with a very clear uh, Biden electoral win on election day, and then the subsequent recounts, still not even putting Trump close. I, I, I still think it's going to turn into some long, drawn-out thing with the court. It's, it, I just don't have confidence it's going to be a peaceful transition either way. And what do you mean by not a peaceful transit? transition do you think that there would be violence on the streets and who do you think would be um fomenting that violence i hope not i i, I think that the violence would come from both sides uh i think that people wouldn't necessarily be locking horns with one another one-on-one but there, there would just be like their own pockets of hell raising as as far as uh like some third world banana republic military style coup or takeover i'm not putting anything past it like it it's it, it's happened in some of the most civilized places on earth like why why can't it happen in the year 2020 in the u.s for for this entire administration i thought that that that, that whole theory was just such nonsense and now that was my that was my number one um recommendation for everyone from last episode i kept going back to this podcast that i've been listening to called it could happen here 
so you should probably listen to that one as well because that is like it was so prophetic uh, it was done two years ago, and it talked about all the different ways that the right could be incensed, and then it took its turn and figured out, all right, here's how the left could go off its rocker in a presidential election. And um, so much of it so is, uh, is so predictable that it, it felt silly going over it and seeing that it wasn't done just yesterday. It was like, oh, you could see this from a mile away. How did we not put the, the brakes in to make sure that this didn't happen when these things came to pass? And there's there's a lot of uh, local things in play as well. I know we always circle back to that, and, um, even just respective state senators and house reps. And um, I don't want to spin off into this weird direction about COVID because I think in the past seven months, anything that could be said about the topic has been said. But not having a, I originally like that Trump didn't have a, uh, a national plan, a strong one anyway, because it left a lot of local details up to the locals. But I'm, I'm starting to see like, like a lot of those county commissioners and mayors, they're, they're kind of taking advantage of this situation. I think having some kind of national precedent would be uh, a, a better approach. And um, hopefully, hopefully everyone is wrong about all this. It'll be fine. There will be a, a clear result. And we'll uh, transition back into to some form of um, symbiotic relationships with politics. And we can have a national plan set forth with the pandemic, a sane energy policy, uh, yeah. have, have some return to global respect. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stay hopeful. But like, like my dad always says, uh, hope in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up faster. <laughs> so. All right. Well, it depends on whether or not your hope is tangible and whether or not you can hold it in your hand. Brittany, what do you think? Do you think that if we do have, if we do elect Joseph Biden, that we will be able to bring back the symbiosis or the uh, synergy that this <coughs> this country is so lacking? right now i don't think it's gonna happen overnight it's not like it's gonna be you know a disney movie where all the sleeping characters all wake up and they're the same again i definitely believe breaking the song right yeah it's gonna be a couple year process um just for people to learn simple manners again i feel like Mm -hmm. um we certainly it's it's like a parental role was not filled so now the children just act their maturity level there's no one to help them grow and learn and be better people so now that um if that were to be the case that joe takes office i do believe that we'll be in a leadership position for them to have someone say hey what you're doing is wrong how about we don't do that but it's going to be a long time till we see some real um reversal of what this last president's term has done yeah i hope we're doing our part my uh, my fiance just ordered uh, uh t-shirt for school she's a second grade teacher um town here called friends whatever that space center and says uh be a better human (laughs) that's just just a few simple words just get get that message across to the kids just absolutely i am i am so i feel fortunate that i don't have to sit my daughter in front of the television and have her watch trump and explain to her that it hasn't always been like this you know like, I feel fortunate that there will come a day where 
presidents will be presidential once again and we can say this is how the office is supposed to be filled and this man or woman is exemplary of what this office means and uh, the gravitas that it holds and doesn't take it as a joke and um, I, I really hope that this guy's a one-off because he seems to have dodged a million bullets along the way in his life and is this singular figure Although we can probably find a bunch of sheiks or whatever, or a bunch of rich guys, but not rich guys that have the same popularity and the same gravitational pull with the American psyche. He was so perfect that, you know, a lot of people talk about how you might have a Mike Pompeo or a Tom Cotton want to step up into his shoes and be the next person that is the, uh, the Trump rabble rouser, but with a better, um, more calm brain let's put it like that where you use those same tactics but you uh know how to keep a lid on your shit um it i don't know if if we're if one of those is going to be able to fly if we're able to finally shoot down this guy once and for all in epic fashion so that's what i'm hoping for and he's he's just one guy right he's just one guy it's it's the 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 people that are attracted to the bravado and the arrogance and uh, the, the flamboyance of sorts. And I was for a long time, really, I really was. And then it took me a minute to see through it finally. But there are just, there's just, there's way too many people that cannot be reasoned with. Like, like with, there's people like getting into fistfights at local bars over this fracking issue. And it's just, it's, it's like, it's, it's not even an issue. There is no reasoning when when fistfights are reasoning to these people. So bravado equals communication tactics. And it doesn't matter if you are black, if you are white, if you are Latino. If you associate with that style of communication and that outlook on humanity, then you are going to gravitate towards this person or anyone who exemplifies those values. So it's unfortunate, but you have to make sure, you have to ensure that society doesn't reward that type of thinking. And I don't know how you do that when everything becomes more violent, more confrontational, more right and wrong, more white and black as the days go on. There needs to be an understanding of, of, of a middle ground and... Um, and truth and reconciliation and uh, that the person across from you probably isn't your mortal enemy just might have a difference of opinion yeah and and Brittany's right it's, it's gonna take a couple of years and I, I maybe I don't understand this because I don't have it in my heart personally and it, it I would never think about flipping off some young mother with 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 their child because there was a there was there was a, a Biden sign in the front yard, like it was despicable. Like I I I would no I would never. And it's it's I think there's going to be a lot of salty ass people for a very long time, and I, I I yeah things things might get worse before they get better, and it might take a couple of years to just move beyond that that uh, uh, that that persona that is just kind of like ingrained. Yeah, I mean, so the question is, do the flags ever come down? Because Trump is certainly within his rights to run again in 2024, God forbid. And, you know, the Lord doesn't take him before then. 
Um, <laughs> but seriously, like, does the 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 movement will live on probably even in his defeat because he will just start Trump TV the next day. He will have his own news network and his fat face will be on 24 hours a day until he's able to, you know, take to the rallies. He'll probably start rallies again. Like, don't you think that's possible? Like, this man just craves the spotlight and, and really loves to tear people down from the outside and not have to actually lead. So this could be pers- this could be perfect for him. Yeah, but if he wins, then yeah, he's maybe. Start. I mean, a lot of people think that he's uh, he's genuinely invested in the betterment of the country and has the American worker. Uh, he has the back to the American workers and everything. Blah blah blah. And you know, he yeah, he might have a, a following. Like, even though Bill O'Reilly's not on Fox anymore, he still has like some side projects. You know, it might be something some pay per view subscription to some news channel. Maybe a rally once in a while. Uh, hopefully he fucks off back to Mar-a-Lago and just plays golf and retires in peace. But, um, yeah, that's very possible. Sure, it's very possible that uh, he doesn't leave the spotlight. Well, if he wins, then he's going to petition to become our king, and he's never going to try to leave. I have 40 years for that. Yeah, he'll say, screw it. If I have to be here again, I might as well just like be here until I, I pass out. Uh, I, honestly, if you look at if you look at it, there has been nobody in probably political history who has been more lucky and more surprised than Donald Trump was in 2016. Would that be a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so like this guy rode a improbable wave of populism and assholery right to the presidency in 2016. I would say that if he wins in 2020, there will not be anyone outside of Adolf Hitler who would be more vindictive in their position of power than he would be. Because essentially he would see that the guardrails are completely off and the best of all of America trying to band together to get him out of office wasn't enough to unseat him. He will be completely unhinged like we would never see or, or even possibly imagine. So, I mean, that's honestly what I envision. I see somebody who couldn't have been luckier, and then if he wins again, I see somebody who couldn't be more petulant and vindictive. Right. Um, because now, at, at, at some point, he was dealing with house money, but then he actually deals with the real bravado of knowing that he got reelected. This wasn't a fluke. This is a confirmation that what he is doing is just and right, and we can't afford it. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. I, uh, I, I, I hope you're wrong. I mean, it's the best input I can give, but. Um... I hope I'm wrong too. I really do. But we're gonna see. Um, are you know? So like, I, be in touch. We're gonna we're gonna watch this thing. I really hope that this shit wraps up Tuesday night. I think that all these long ass lines for days on end in all these locations in crucial spots where you know new voter registration was pretty good for Democrats in Pennsylvania. Not the greatest, but. 
whatever. I just want to see it over. I want to see it over quickly. And um, I, I, I can't wait to revel in what Trump looks like in his lame duck months. Uh, are you all happy with Kamala Harris? I think that she leaves a lot to be desired in my estimation just because I asked for more of the possible presidential replacement. Um, but she's fine as a vice president. So she wouldn't have been my presidential pick either. Biden wasn't my ideal presidential pick either. But he is a, a rejoiner. He is mm-hmm. the guy who brings everybody back to the center and rallies the, the troops and circles the wagons so that we can beat Trump. That's what you got to do. I don't know if Kamala Harris was able to do that. I'd have rather had, you know, like we talked about, Yang Gang was better, but he's just a little unproven. Same thing with Mayor Pete. I think he's fantastically well thought out. Um, so she's... Any, literally anyone is better than Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that's what I say. I, I think I think she she's uh, she's a perfect choice because she is uh, the pit bull that they're going to put in front of Senate Republicans, and uh, like, like Elizabeth Warren, like and she, she's she's good at like shushing people in the library. She she's not going to take on all these these entrenched established senators well not only that uh, she's not going to be the swing vote in the senate so that is something that elizabeth warren will never get to be right you know what i mean so if it comes down to the fact that it's still just only a 50 50 split in the senate and then you get to have the vice president as that determining vote then she will definitely get to exert her influence like you wouldn't even believe we got a lot to look at, so I, I thank you very much for joining us on the show. Brittany, thank you very much for, for coming in and coming in swinging. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, nice absolutely, and uh, we'll stay in touch, and thanks for having me in the forum, forum and uh, giving me some time to, to talk a little bit about some oil and gas, and, and anytime you want to talk about that topic, I, I'm uh, clearly never showed up about it so oh my god um, dude you should have your own oil and gas podcast i don't know why you don't already uh yeah yeah it's a good question all right yeah monetize that shit get the hell out of here oh well <laughs> yeah have a good night and uh happy halloween belated and uh we'll uh we'll touch base again i guess uh sometime next week sounds good take care all right thank you too Biden Harris 2020. And there you have it. That is our little show for this week. You guys, I love you, and God bless America for whatever that means. Um, let us all have a peaceful election day, election week, transition of power, rest of history. I don't know. We need all the help we can get right now, and I'm hoping that it is bestowed upon us. Everybody be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.